The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubule Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia, and of course, Paul Breck joining us in studio as well. Welcome, Paul. Woo! Round of applause. <laughs> Hope everyone's having a good day. Oh my gosh, it's already Thursday. Yesterday was quite the day. I was out at the course at Wailai Country Club following our, um, I guess, our group and University of Hawaii head football coach, Timmy Chang, caddied by University of Hawaii men's golf coach and PGA champion, or I guess major champion, excuse me, Scott Simpson. And then, of course... The team was led by our business manager here at Hawaii Sports Radio Network, Marissa Suihuro. Woo! And I'm not even exaggerating. Like, the guys that she was golfing with on the team, like, they couldn't stop raving about how well she was doing. She's like, yeah, she's carrying the team. (laughs) Boss lady, from all accounts, I heard, too, did very, very well. But what I couldn't get over was the simple fact of this. The selfies of the man holding her bag all game long because he looked like, you know when you take selfies and you're like bummed out that it's not you out there playing, but you're happy to be out there, but you're really not, but you are. And it kind of, he had his, but those are his selfies that he always takes yeah. with, with Boss Lady. So it was, it was super cute. It was funny, but no, I heard she had, she had done phenomenal. And she, to, to be honest, no offense, coach Timmy, her she carried y'all. Oh, yeah. So her, our other friend, Kimo and Scott Humber, who used to run Hawaii News Now's news department, now works over uh, for the mayor. And no, it was it was a nice day. It was a perfect day for golf. But except when you made one turn, then it got a little windy. Uh, Our fearless leader of the football team may or may not have hit a ball onto the freeway. Um, (laughs) Or maybe it wasn't him. I don't know. Man, I might have been somebody else that hit the ball. Might have been a guy who looked like him. No, but it was really good. He was really gracious. Him along, I mean, and then Scott Simpson, if you're a golf like fan. So he won the U.S. Open back in 87. But if you're someone that's been around golf and is just yes. a fan of golf, you know who he is. And then obviously he coaches the golf team. So a lot of people were just like, when they first started, of course, you have like the crowd and then the media that's like wanting to ask questions and then get autographs. And and by the way, um, the caddy for Marissa, he did have a golf bag this time. So he did not get the full experience in carrying the bag the entire way. He had the push cart like oh, everybody he did, else. He did have a push cart this, this time. time. He did okay. have a push cart. He was like we, we joked when we, we went to go maybe when they were in like the back. I think we watched maybe four holes, the last four holes by the time we met up over there. And that's the first thing I said to him was, hey, wait a minute. Um, what is this? You, <laughs> I thought you wanted the full experience. And then he, uh, Marissa joked, oh, no, he got that already. He's, he's fine. He wanted he was tired of being teased that he didn't have the push card. I so. think it was all the text messages I was sending Marissa of like, how can you let my mans carry your bag on a practice round? At least get my brother a cart like everyone else. Yeah, so, so I, I feel bad because yesterday, or we've done a really good job on this show in manifesting things, except for our picks. But everything else in terms of life and things that happen for us in this station and other things, I feel like we've been we've 
collectively with you beautiful people we've done a very very good job of manifesting things to happen and i forgot to manifest that our team would be would win the pro am so but towards the end of the day yesterday they were seconds at 14 under and wow. there there were still teams going so when we were watching the scoreboard we don't want to say that we we You're did rooting for some we we thought we could have but um when the other half had to go back to a Sony Open meeting thing, he heard someone like come in kind of later in the day that said like, oh, yeah, we finished at 14 under something, something. And then there's like a couple more teams that are tied. So he's like, dang it. <laughs> uh, we thought we were the only we team because we were trying to like, you know, do the math on the teams that were left because they teed off in the morning. So there were still quite a few teams that were out on the course, but there were a significant amount of teams that finished. I think the top team was at eight. 18 under so hard to I, catch I, I think they're pretty comfortable up there but geez who was that group i don't know i forget who was the, the sandbaggers <laughs> yeah and shout out by the way to jj spawn and kevin Yu, who were the pros that golfed with um, our team so the front nine was jj spawn and the everyone said like he was amazing probably like the nicest ever and most of them are like from what i've heard uh, people that i know that have golfed in the pro-am all of the golfers are really nice because they're just this is their time to just relax you know get a get a feel of the course as they today is the day that it's officially starts for them and they focus some pros will maybe like take a couple of drives (laughs) or they'll they'll place like their ball on different parts of the green and like try to get a feel of the green so but both pros were really nice and I heard, you know, we're watching Kevin Yu, and I didn't get to look at his odds yet, but he was doing pretty Might be the kind, the pick not of the, 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 as we like to say, the lock of the week. I wouldn't say the lock, but he would be the fun salt based sprinkle. Or is he, or is he the, uh, we'll have a conversation off air and, and decide where we're going to go with this one. Yeah. All right. By the way, Tom Kim is still up top at 11 to 1, even though it, the, it has started already, so a bunch of golfers have teed off there at Wiley. If you want to go down, I believe general admission is $30. Raise the price a little bit. It used to be 20 bucks for a long time. All oh, those guys. Because <laughs> things go up. Golf goes up. Uh, if you want to park, there are it's the board different... Of... Yeah, yeah, it's because it's the, the board, board of water supply <laughs> raised the, the, the water fees. To water the Wildlife Country Club. So if you guys want to go down, there's different. There, you, if you can't get street parking, they do have little um, areas where you can park, and there are shuttles. There's designated places that the shuttles come and get you. But there is, they are very strict. Just like if you're going to a UH game in the Stan Sheriff Center or at the Clarence T C Ching Athletics Complex, there is the clear bag or small bag policy. So please do not bring your big bags. Uh, if you're going to bring a camera, you cannot bring a Actually, no, I don't think you can bring a point and shoot. You can't bring a point and shoot today through Sunday. You could have only brought a point and shoot, I, th- I believe, yesterday and Sunday's like practice round and stuff. So you cannot bring any camera whatsoever except what's on your phone. And make sure your phone is on silent or else you're going to get dirty stink eye like <laughs> if your phone goes off during a backswing or a putt. So be sure your phone before you go in is on silent. No, And I would suggest no vibration either because sometimes you can or I don't know if it's because I have my bad eyes makes me hear a lot better, but I can hear like vibrations too. So if any of the golfers are good at hearing and they hear the vibration, you don't want to be that guy that's... It was, 
make sure everything's on silent. So that's all I'm, I'm saying. Trying to give everyone a heads up because I don't want anyone to be surprised when they go when they there. they get turned around. And then you have to walk back to your car if you have to put your bag away. They, actually, no, I take that back. They do have a check-in. But, you know, like sometimes you don't want to leave your bag there because they don't have lockers. It's just all kind of behind a table if you need to check in something. So I would just suggest make sure you plan accordingly. Clear bag. No point-and-shoot cameras whatsoever. Obviously, no weapons. I feel like that's like that can go without being said, but you never yeah, know. But you never know. <laughs> you Not never in this know. day and age. No, or if you're like Alan Mia, who likes to ca- just carry a pot- pocket knife just because. You know how many I've thrown away at the airport? Exactly. So that uh, looking at you made me think of that. I'm like, if you have a pocket knife. As I look down and my knife is in my pocket now. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why. So I've thrown do away four at the airport because sometimes I used to just come like go straight from the office to the airport if I had to fly somewhere, mm-hmm. and I totally forget it's in my pocket because it's in there every day and it becomes out of sight, out of mind. And yeah, I've had to throw four, uh, four very nice ones away. That's what I'm saying. But if you want to go from down, Europe. <laughs> I would suggest don't be like Uncle Alan who is like, I don't want to ever go to the Open. That's exactly what you sound like, by the way. <laughs> I would suggest you go check hurtful. it out. But if you guys do, if you guys don't like big crowds, I would suggest you go today or tomorrow because the weekend gets really nutty people like there's tons of people out there obviously if it's close Sunday afternoon slash early evening is going to be even more crazy because that's when people want to see the ending like the it was really dramatic last year with Hideki Matsuyama winning and yeah it was the it was high crazy. loft fade shot of uh Hideki Matsuyama last year Woo! yeah that's right that was Awesome. I forget what hole that was. That because that's not eighteen, or is that eighteen? Uh, in, it's eighteen in, in Sony. In Sony. Okay, yeah. so I forget what I think hole it's like, is. It's a like, lie. Yeah. So yeah, he hit that high fade, yeah. high lofting fade, and just I think was what within two feet of the the, the cup. Yeah, to something win it. like that. Like just an insane shot. It was pretty awesome. But I know I did. He did pass me. I went a little fangirl, but I was too slow. I was there in a oh, non- you a little Reiko? I w- I was there yesterday in a in a non media capacity, so it would like so I could have gotten my selfie. <laughs> he but smartly, like there was this cute Japanese lady that saw him from afar and she had like her she actually had a I think she had a masters tournament, like the the yellow She had the flag. flag. And so she ran up to him and then got him to sign it. I was like, dang it. And then after that he just like jetted out you were like darn you no, cute little japanese girl for taking my moment oh it did lady older japanese lady oh. but cute they're all cute so i know and oh, then lady. he just jetted oh. out of there but um during the program obviously he and that's why i was surprised that he was still there i think he was just practicing because he teed off earlier and he was one of the like how i said the pros they split so one golfs the front nine one golfs the back nine with the group that golfs the entire thing so Hideki was actually the one that golfed on the front nine and he was behind our group so he teed off right after our group on the same tee and so I was I thought he would have been gone already but apparently from when he was done and I saw him when our group was done so he was there for another two and a half hours after he was done playing his portion of the pro-am so I was kind of caught off guard when I saw him like well, he's he's, he's in it to win it. I mean, he he's the defending. Yeah, and I mean, it's not. I mean, the per this isn't a designated event, so the total purse is about seven and a half million dollars. 
But hey, money good, is money. Dude, that's a good yeah. chunk of change. Money is money. We'll take it. So pays for his it pays for his vacation out here. <laughs> <laughs> I think the tour kind of pays for the vacation out here. But yes, the actually the, the total purse is seven point nine million and it is the Sony Open in Hawaii is worth five hundred FedEx Cup points for first place. The first place winner gets just under one and a half million dollars at one point four two million. So again, if you want to go out there just and see some of the golfers you have you even have local golfers like parker mclaughlin in it and yeah so right now the leader even though again this just started so troy Merritt is at the top of the leaderboard at two under through four holes followed by chesson hadley kelly craft siwoo kim and jordan spieth all tied for second behind him by the way seeing jordan spieth yesterday too he's a lot smaller in person <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with I, this. I don't know. I did, like, this could have gone like five different directions here. And I, I was like, my head's on a swivel here. I just, going, I, trying to figure no, out where you're going I just going don't know. I don't know if you can. I don't know. Can you say, can you call guys skinny? Is that bad? Uh, <laughs> I don't recommend it going the other way. But sure, you can You can call men. I don't think we get offended. Okay. Know. <laughs> you know, obviously women love to be called skinny. Yeah. But I don't know if men, uh, you know, because Jordan Spieth is totally listening so to me you're, right you're now, basically. So. So you're basically saying he's not as built as you thought he yeah, would have been. Yeah, there you go. Thank you very much. That That's why they pay you the he's, big bucks, he's, Alan. He's, he's not well put together. That's different. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm, just, I'm stirring up that's, trouble. That's like I'm saying stirring. like he looked all disheveled yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. I'm, stirring, I'm stirring up Anyways, when we come back, uh, we actually, this was a a few weeks ago, we had a conversation with professional powerlifter James Menza, and he's also a Pua Olona athlete, so we'll play that conversation for you when we come back on Wake Up in the Den. You can't touch this. Wake Up in the Den with Kuvalei Agbiani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den. I'm Kule Agbayani, and I'm pretty stoked to welcome in a power lifter and, of course, a Pua Olona athlete, James Menza. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. Now, first things first, the all-important question that I have to ask every guest that's local, one or a couple questions, where in Hawaii do you call home and what school you went? I'm representing Kaneohe, hey. and I graduated from Castle High School. Right on, right <laughs> on. Uh, what are maybe just real quick some of your memories of growing up there on the Windward side and you know attending uh, Castle? Growing up in Kaneohe, if you all know, it's always raining, <laughs> always raining. But it's always a blessing to see the beautiful Kolau Mountains every morning. Exactly. And so going and in, getting into your fitness journey first, you're actually relatively new to kind of the the sport of powerlifting. <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit about just your life and what like made you get into fitness well it all started when i was a lot overweight and you know people noticed me lifting a lot of heavy things so here comes my coach you want to power lift sure why not and that's pretty much it how it started very simple if you can lift heavy stuff you can compete (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it sounds easier said than from that aspect but like what made you really get serious about the sport because come on we go 24 hour fitness you see all the guys and gals you know lifting and everything and basically what got me into powerlifting is i seen a lot of i was raised watching world's strongest man and i want to become one of those guys someday and I had glad you got coached by a few world's strongest men at Kanye 24 Fitness. It's such a blessing, and look where I'm at today. 
Right on. And what does your typical training schedule look like? I train six days a week, roughly two to two and a half hours a day. But it's not always about the iron. It's always what you eat. I know. That's that's what a lot of people don't realize because I used to be a trainer about maybe eight years ago. And it was always about telling them the most important thing is how you feel your body. First and foremost, like the workouts will come, we'll learn everything, but what you put into your body. Uh, So most recently, though, you competed in the WABDL Worlds 2022 in Reno and entered the Class 1 men's bench press, deadlift, and push press. Tell us about how that went. I brought home, amazingly, three gold medals in all divisions in my class, breaking a few more records and bringing home the gold. You sound so like modest when you say that, just to get specific. (laughs) So you have the Class 1 men's deadlift record, 534.5 pounds. Well, that was actually what I opened up with. I actually okay. broke the record again at oh. 573.4 pounds. Ooh. Sorry to correct you, but... Oh, hey, it's, no. it's, like it's I said, you were being modest. I had to kind of... <laughs> come on. You can, it's okay to do a little humble brag or I'll just do it for you. And yes, you can correct me, but... Whew. I can't even imagine. It's some heavy stuff. Yeah. And the push press, I have 854 pounds. Is that correct? Are we going to go a little heavier on that? We're going a little bit heavier. Okay. It's 887 pounds. Another record in the books. Okay. So what is the difference, though, between the bench press and the push press? The push press is basically your total of your deadlift and your push press total. Oh my gosh, I can't even like imagine. <laughs> By the way, oh, how how would you best? I mean, I know what a deadlift is, but how would you best describe what a deadlift is for to our audience? Because a lot of people kind of know the squat and, of course, the bench press. Uh, we explained the push press. So, what? How do you explain a deadlift? A deadlift is basically you bend over, grab the bar, and just stand up. That's pretty <laughs> much I teach it. Tell anybody who's starting out to train. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Stand up with the weight. Yeah. And, of course, the most important part, it's with your hamstrings and not your back. Yes. So. <laughs> hamstrings, glutes, nothing in the back. Yeah, nothing in the back. I think that's what makes it more impressive because a lot of people will see the the action in the deadlift and you're just thinking you're almost like you're using your entire body, but you're not. It's like pretty much lower body only it's, and everything. It's basically a, it's a leg workout. People get that mistake where it's a, a back workout. It's really not. Yeah. Don't make that mistake, people. <laughs> that's a lot. That's... You, it's, those that know how to do it, you know, you're thinking, ah, that's easy. Like, people should know what it is. No, you get a lot of mistakes <laughs> all the time. Please do not hurt yourself. Uh, what other competitions have you entered? Um, I entered, this is actually my first year competing. Oh, okay. So my first one was um, Sunny's Meet, which is in this past March. It's a qualifier round to go get invited to Worlds. So Worlds, it's an invite only. So you have to oh. win your previous meet. Oh, see? Good. It's okay. Like I said, you can talk about it a little bit. All right. So obviously it's really tough on your body, working out all the time and training. So what type of products help you just maintain not only your energy, but just overall physical health? Well, not just powerlifting, but any athlete, you know, we go through a lot of pain, you know, in the joints. So I do use Pulana supplements it's a pain gel. It works incredibly in my experience. It helps me honestly lift heavier weights because my joints is a lot, feels a lot better. 
<laughs> and I'm sure everyone is like, yeah, I know that feeling, the pain in the joints. And um, just describe being a Pua Olona athlete specifically and also just as a competitor now, as you mentioned, you just started competing. But there are there tends to be a lot of, you know, drug testing involved just to keep the sport, all sports really clean. So why is that important as a Pua Olona athlete? For us, it's most important because our products that I use has no THC. So all our competitions is drug tested. So if you break any records, like I've broke many, um, you would have to get drug tested. And I don't even have to worry about that using any Pulona products. Now, do you, you think people just have to be in pain already? Or have you, do you just use it as kind of like a prevention maybe? So Because you just don't want to feel the pain when you're you know, training. Well, there's uh, different varieties of products where one, I actually use it as a pre-workout to get me going through my workout. And Mm. then we have a roll-on pain gel that helps you with your joints, your tissues, and also recovery is the most important. Sleep is one of them, but there's also a product that I take, helps me with a recovery with the joints and the muscles around the joints works incredibly. <laughs> awesome. All right. And now just going back to fitness, powerlifting, or just being in the gym, what is maybe some advice that you would give to someone thinking about or wanting to start a fitness journey? As you mentioned, you used to be overweight and now you're just competing now at a high level. So for anyone listening that maybe yes. everyone is always thinking about, I need to get into the gym, I want to get into shape. Well, what is maybe like your base advice for anyone wanting to start their fitness? You basically have to have a, a why to why you want to, you know, be healthy, be in a fitness journey. I have many reasons of why, but the my reason helps me get through my fitness journey is I didn't want to be overweight. I didn't want my, my wife to take care of me if I'm overweight. I don't want to die young, but also I want to put my name out there in the world saying, hey, this is what I can do. I started from nothing. I work from the bottom. Now I'm up on the top. Right on. And mahalo, James Menza, Pua Olona athlete and competitive powerlifter. Mahalo for joining us today. Mahalo, thank you. Now you can check out the complete line of Pua Olona products at puaolona.com. That's P-U-A-O-L-O-N-A.com where you can shop high potency CBD products at a super affordable cost. In an effort to improve athletic performance, Pua Olona is also reaching out to the medical community that keeps our athletes healthy. If you or someone you know is a physical therapist, chiropractor, massage therapist, or coach, visit puaolona.com for collaboration details or give them a call at 808-762-6390. That's 808-762-6390. And once again, mahalo to James Menza for talking story with us, a Pua Olona athlete and professional power lifter. And mahalo as well to Isaac Silva, who had joined us a couple of weeks ago, and Ryan Winters, who is the president and also a teaches tennis out there to a lot of big time clients, which I can't mention, but yep, they're pretty big time clients and they are all reps of Pua Olona, just revolutionizing these CBD products. And again, you heard that no THC. So go ahead and check it out if you want. But yeah, man, just like listening to that interview as we were kind of in this studio and reminiscent of all the gym days and and, oh my gosh I I don't I I miss it but I don't miss like leg day 
but maybe we'll get into leg day pretty soon. I don't know. Alan says I'm training for the marathon, but we'll see how that goes. You don't really exactly do leg day. You don't really do leg day when, you know, you're training to be a runner, but I'm maybe we'll hit the gym pretty soon. New year, new me. I already chopped off my hair, so I guess that was like the new me that everyone was waiting for. Um, but no, yeah, mahalo again to the team at Pua Olona for joining us. Hopefully it gets people a little bit motivated too for yourself to hit the gym. And by the way, if you've never worked out before, I can't say this enough. And I know when I used to be a personal trainer, it would always come off very salesy. But if honestly, you have never ever worked out before, I do recommend getting a personal trainer, at least at one of those gyms, they always have at least the introductory like three sessions that you can have with the trainer, because it will really take out the guesswork and where to get started. You know, especially a lot of women, I know they just want to, they think, oh, like, I'm just going to go and walk on the treadmill. Well, one, you can go walking outside. <laughs> so why are you going to pay for a gym membership? But like, honestly, if you weight training helps to burn calories as well, and it just makes you feel physically stronger over just walking or running on a treadmill. And it feels really good when you know what you're doing and you lift heavy things, kind of like James Menzo was saying, it feels awesome. And you're not going to necessarily like the the thing that I would always run into or the objections I would encounter with other women when I was a trainer was oh I don't want big bulky muscles well I'm here to tell you that's not the case big bulky muscles you need to intake a lot of protein a lot of calories that feed your muscles that end up making you a lot bigger well, a personal trainer will help you kind and guide you into, you know, what what your fitness first you'll you'll be told, asked what your fitness goal is. So if you want to, you know, lose a little weight or just feel stronger or maybe you want to gain some more muscle mass or what have you, they can suggest different not only exercises that you can do, but also how to eat to obtain that fitness goal of yours and just even if you're like they said the three sessions just going to the gym and you won't be intimidated by the dumbbells or the machines that are in there so yeah I'm not a trainer anymore but go out and find your local gym if you're only going for the first time like I said I hi it, it just will it is an investment but it will take out the guesswork and you won't be wasting money by not knowing what you're doing. You're going to be paying your gym membership every month. You're going to get bored doing the same exercises or just running on the treadmill and then you're going to cancel. That's just kind of what happens. So if you've never done it before, I highly suggest a trainer and ladies, I'm just going to say your other half, your boyfriend, husband does not always know what he's talking about <laughs> or Lies. <laughs> or he doesn't know what it takes to get to your fitness goals. Your body is very different from him and he lifts with his buddies and they're the only way they know how. And yeah, you just go find someone that knows how to train what you how you want to be trained. All right. That's my fitness PSA as we finish talking to James Menza. But we'll be back and switch it up a little bit on Wake Up in the Den. Welcome back to all of you, the beautiful list of all 
beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia, jamming his head I, in a good way I to Mbop. Mbappe. I told myself, guys, and I'm going to be completely honest with our <laughs> million and six and a half listeners, and, and you too, Kule. I told myself the day I heard Mbop on a sports talk station <laughs> that I was a part of, I'd hang them up. <laughs> I'd hang up my, my, as we call, cans, headphones, whatever you want to call them. I'd hang up them alongside this mic, this golden mic of ours, and I'd walk off into the sunset and be totally pissed off at my career ending because I heard Mbop by the Hansons. <laughs> and that day has come, guys. <laughs> the irony is when back in the back when the song Dude. first came out, I was not a fan of Hansen. And I don't know. You know it's what? Just, it's... I love this. And now, like, I get older and I love this song. And plus, I started singing it in honor of when we were watching the World Cup. And yeah. I was every time we talked about Killian Mbappe, I was like, Mbappe. Mm, that's Killian Mbappe's yeah. theme song. It's funny, though, because it's like Seinfeld. I didn't like Seinfeld growing up. But the older I get, the more I understand it now. And I find it like it's very clever writing. I still don't think it's really as funny as people made it out to be. But I think it's really extremely clever, and that so that makes it funny. But so, Mbop, it's still not one of those. But I can understand where you're coming from. <laughs> um, but yeah, but today is the day. Today is the day. Today's the day I go home to my wife and tell her I don't have a job, and she's gonna be like, "Why? <laughs> Why don't you have a job?" And I'm gonna be like, "Well, cool. I thought it'd be funny to play Mbop, and I made a pact with myself, and I got to keep my pack." Tell you what, though, that's what makes this show awesome. We're not like any other sports show out there, especially here in the local market. This is true. We're a little random. But that's why we have a million, six and a half beautifulest of all the beautiful people listeners. And now because Paul's not – actually, to be fair, Paul's not working right now. Normally he is, so he wouldn't be listening to us. So now he could be – He did say he listened to us yesterday, but I – But that's because you know he's not on the morning shift right now, so therefore he can't. So I think we can call him seven – so he might he makes seven and a half. Mm. I'm just yeah, but you think about it. Because we have to we have to listen in a way. I like where mm. your head's at though, but I'd rather I'm have like a more organic. That's right. We don't. You're right. You we know don't what? inflate we, we our numbers. We don't inflate our numbers. The million here. six and a half is, is legit. A legit. <laughs> gotcha. Same page here. We don't okay. want to. We don't want to add the seven because that's fake. Gotcha, gotcha. We're on a legit million six and a half, Alan. Why are you trying to inflate our numbers of this show? I'm trying to reach the pinnacle. <laughs> Anyways. Before sorry, I walk out the doors. We digress. Alan is like, doesn't know how to act right now because he's in like a different seat this morning now that we have Paul in studio. So he's just, <laughs> it's a little more relaxed and having a good old time. Well, we haven't really talked too much sports business lately. I mean, we do have our little short sports business reports that uh, play throughout the day, but... I want to get into some sports business because you guys know that's kind of my jam, my favorite thing to talk about. So starting with the MLB, the MLB banks a record $2.8 billion in 2022. The league reportedly earned more than $10.8 billion in 2022, edging out its previous record of $10.7 
billion in 2019. Last season began a new set of media rights deals with Fox, TBS, and ESPN that collectively pay $1.8 billion per year. The trio's previous deals brought in $1.5 billion annually, and then new streaming deals with Apple and NBC's Peacock added $115 million per season. Sponsorship sponsorship deals brought in $1.2 billion, up 5.6% from the year before. The league's attendance of $64.6 million showed a 42.3% increase from the pandemic-affected 2021, but was the lowest figure since 1997, other than 2020 and 2021. And the 2022 season was delayed, in case people forget, by the 99-day lockout as players and owners negotiated a new CBA. Attendance did slip each year from 2012's 74.9 million to 2019's 68.5 million. But just the fact, I mean, it's just showing less people are going to games, but I mean, sports and baseball is more popular than ever with TV deals wouldn't be this big if they didn't think people were watching. So not as many people going to games, which again, we always talk about it. Everyone's always freaking out that nobody goes to like UH football games. It's just people, I just with technology now, it's like no people just don't to go. go to games anymore. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but you're going to have to win in order to go. But even MLB teams, nobody attendance is down, but still revenue is way, way up. Yeah. Billion. Woo. Say what you want about Rob Manfred. Um, uh, one thing he's done in his leadership group that he has up at the top at the the office of Major League Baseball is they've done a great job of growing the game financially, right? And and in order to make any type of growth for the game itself is you you got to start in the financial side of things, and and he's done that with the new rights deals, bringing in new revenue streams. Um, see what I did there because of the streams, uh, anyways. Um, but he's 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 found ways to bring in new revenue streams to grow the game financially, and that in turns now you, you start to turn your attention to stuff they're kind of doing in the minor leagues right now with independent leagues and in trying to implement some rule changes. One of the reasons why you see a decline in in for Major League Baseball sake for for attendance actual and in actual stadiums is is a couple things. It's twofold. It's one. It's the lockouts hurt. Lockouts mm-hmm. really you you lose the fan base's trust and and baseball had already lost it once um, with that first with the lockout I think it was what 12 13 years ago and and they never really recovered and just finally when he started to think like maybe just maybe they're going to recover uh, they had the 99 day lockout this past year so it, it hurts and it because you just you lose faith in in the those leading the game in which people love and secondly is Baseball and a lot of sporting events itself, not just baseball included, has, has become more of like you used to go because you love the game and you love to watch the team play. Oh, you yeah. go, you go. A lot of times, you see a lot of fair weather fans that are that are just there for the event and, and the social media and, and, and the TikTok. Yes, the no, no, no. And and <laughs> I I say that and people think like you know I'm being stu- like you know I'm being you Uncle know Uncle Allen. Yeah, I'm being Uncle Allen. But the reality is, I don't want to sit somewhere and have someone like. Not paying attention to the game, but always being like, oh, look at me. Oh, look at me. Oh, look at me. And, you <laughs> That's know, exactly gotta, what yeah. it sounds like, by the way. And, and you know, and, and they're taking their selfies because it takes away from my ability to watch the game. So then I watch it at home. I'd rather watch it at home because and then at that standpoint, what I get to do is I get to watch the game at my pace, do the things like, you know, so no one's bothering me. I'm in my own comfort in my own home. I'm not having to spend uber amounts of money to be ticked off because people are TikToking. See what I did there again? And um and so there's multitude facets. Like I mean there's multiple 
multitude of reasonings of why people don't go to sporting events, but baseball especially. Plus, I'm a baseball guy. Mm-hmm. I love the game. Mm-hmm. I coach the game. I play the game. And to a lesser extent, softball now because I'm getting older and Uncle Allen's really taking effect. Has bad hamstrings. But, and yeah, now Uncle Allen's got really bad hamstrings. Uncle Allen's got a brand new neck, <laughs> but Uncle Allen still has bad hamstrings. But here, here's the thing. The game is way too long. Even for me, who which I love it, it's still too long. And and they're trying ways to, to speed it up. It's There's no way to. There's honestly no way to speed up the game because what I'm not trying to do is I'm not trying to rush a pitcher. You know why? Because I don't want a 98-mile-an-hour fastball in my dome. I just think, too, it's so for a game that's really long, it's really expensive, too, like when you think about it. So if you go, you're going to stay for two and a half, three hours. Well, if you want to go have some adult beverages, it's going to cost – if you have one adult beverage, it's going to cost you almost 20 bucks. So if you're going to sit there for a few hours, you're looking at spending like $100 on just yourself, depending on how much you drink or eat as well, and then getting in depending on what – the ballpark is it's really expensive to get in but speaking of ballparks that barely even had any fans last season Oakland another segment of our sports business whiffed on what may have been a key source of funding to help the city keep the A's the city will not receive any funding from the Department of Transportation's mega grant program the team has agreed to fund the construction of a 12 billion dollar waterfront development centered on a new stadium but has sought public funds for the surrounding infrastructure. The city had applied for $182 million toward infrastructure improvements for roads, train tracks, and pedestrian walkways around the Howard Terminal area where the A's are looking to build. Oakland said it has been awarded $375 million in transportation grants and has applied for an additional $55 million in regional grants, $25 million from other federal sources, and $60 million from state grants. Uh, Oakland could also raise funds through a $150 million limited obligation bond, but... They don't get that huge chunk that they were waiting for. And then if you look towards Vegas, because that's another interesting side side thing going on with this whole Oakland A situation. The other chick. Yeah, they're exploring. They're still continuing to explore the alternative options in Las Vegas. But talks regarding Phil Ruffin's Las Vegas Festival grounds have dried up, according to his spokesperson. And that potentially leaves just the Tropicana site owned by Bollies, the team and Bollies, which holds naming rights to 14 MLB teams, regional sports networks, including the LA Angels, have been in negotiations on a $1 billion domed stadium. So it's looking more like, all right, bye-bye, Oakland. Maybe we're going to go over to Las Vegas. The thing with Oakland is, I I get it. When I say this, please don't take this wrong. There's passion in Oakland for the A's, but the problem is, not enough to keep them there. And, yeah. and and that's the thing is and, – and, and, and it's not the fault of the fans. It's the style of which the A's play with, and that's Moneyball. Moneyball is great for the <laughs> – no, Moneyball is actually a really good concept, right? But for fans, it sucks because you can't get attached to people you love. You know why? Because as soon as they become big time, you ship them out and you get mm-hmm. three players for around the same price, but you got three for one that bring up the same amount of stats. That's how money... Because essentially teams, people want to see stars, right? You want to see stars and and they get rid of all their stars in Oakland. And you're never going to have that in Oakland. So it's hard. And so unless they're absolutely winning, which they were a few years ago, but then they lost Bob Melvin to uh, San Diego. Um, But 
unless you're constantly winning, you're never going to have the fans in Oakland. Plus, the fans of Oakland have lost faith in the city of Oakland because the Coliseum is a dump. Uh, when, <laughs> when you have you know, multitude of bathrooms that don't work, plumbing Ugh. issues left and right, it, no fan wants to go there. Oh yeah, no and, way. And and so and then you have this long drawn out battle of like, should I stay? Should I go? Should I stay? Should I go? I want you to stay, but I don't want to give in to these demands. I wanna I want to stay, but I don't want to give in to these demands. It becomes this long drawn out. People just stop caring, and people don't care anymore because they they the city doesn't want them. The the the, the team is already flirting with another city, and and so now you're really alienating that that fan that you know that that small group of fans you still have that are real loyal and diehards. You go to Vegas. I think it's more. I think Moneyball is more suited for Vegas because you don't need star power there. You know why? Because it becomes an event, and 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 Las Vegas is predicated on the event. And yeah. and and Hopefully I mean, you're gonna do, win. No, you do win. Golden Knights style where they make the you make intro a, no, that's really cool, so that you just go just to see. I always tell people go to the Golden Knights game because no. the intro feels like Las Vegas. So you're paying to go see a, a Las Vegas show when you go to see the Golden Knights, even if they win or lose. Yeah, it's still no, fun. and you're absolutely right. And that's what I was just going to say is for the Oakland A's, you'll survive in, in Las Vegas without being really good. You can continue your money ball aspect because all you got to do is then just make it an event. Make it a party. Find ways to bring that Las Vegas atmosphere into a baseball game. You'll be all right. Yeah, hopefully. We'll step aside for a little bit and come back to wrap up the show on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Intergalactic, 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 And I just hired myself back. <laughs> As you can tell, I was feeling very 90s vibes when I was like thinking about the music today. You know, we I love our, our local and Hawaiian music, but every now and then I got to throw in like the yeah. 90s jams. You know what's sad about from that? From all types of genres. Yeah. In case anyone didn't notice, I pretty much like any and every type of music. There That's because you're a dancer. Out there. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You're I just dance- love music. Yeah, like, no. I just love, I, I can appreciate every type of music yeah. and that that comes with it. So, yeah, we went from Hanson with their mbop and a little bit of terrible. popness to terrible. Beastie Boys, Intergalactic. I, I kind that, of, like, struggled be- with choosing Intergalactic or You Gotta Fight well, doing it for your right. Well, that's the classic, right? I that's know. classic Beastie Boys. But Intergalactic was off one of their last albums. Yeah. And actually, unfortunately, that was, like, really the only good song on that album. <laughs> Um, but it was such a great song, Intergalactic. I remember when the single dropped, I remember I got to go get this album because one, it's Beastie Boys. Two, it's like finally coming out with new music and the first single was hot, which was Intergalactic and then it was like the rest of it was like, <sighs> but this uh, that song was so great, but you can't go wrong with any Beastie Boys before that because they were all classic hits for them. Beastie Boys. But you brought me back. I hired, I rehired myself. <laughs> so we don't have to file the paperwork. The yeah. All right, so let me just put it on my notes here. If Alan ever makes me angry, put in Hanson so that he leaves. And Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift. (laughs) Put that in the notes for the back pocket. (laughs) All right, sounds good to me. Uh, Getting back to 
sports, one last thing in sports business, Tom Brady, yes, that Tom Brady, has over 1.1 million shares in now bankrupt FTX. And so he's facing more than just lawsuits for his association with FTX. According to court documents, the NFL legend is among the bankrupt crypto exchange's largest individual equity shareholders with more than 1.1 million common shares. And his ex-wife, Giselle Bunchen has more than 686,000 shares. The value of the shares are unknown. But Forbes previously estimated Brady's stake was worth around $45 million. FTX landed a $32 billion valuation in January 2022. KPC Venture Capital, which is linked to New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft, will also be affected. The investment firm owns more than 110,000 Series B preferred shares in FTX main platform. KPC also owns 479,000 common shares and for just over 43,500 Series A preferred shares in West Realmshires, which controls the exchange's US-based operations. Sorry, I'm just laughing cuz I just can't like it's just crazy how quickly this whole FTX and even just crypto in general, there was like this huge surge. And then that's what I mean by like stock markets. And we were talking about sports betting right yesterday. Like to me, it's more like the fact that you can. And I know to all of you that listen every day, that's like I say it all the time. And you guys are probably like, gosh, she compares it to the stock market every time because no, it's true. It's so true. It's you a gamble. Can, you can gamble. And I feel like it's almost safer to bet on sports because you don't have people inflating the market just and, and a little bit of people like in hindsight, you have like a fraction of the people that can inflate or deflate the stock market or crypto market or whatever compared to sports betting where you literally have multiple people that will determine whether a team wins or loses and as i mentioned before you the the big time sports books and the whales they almost regulate themselves because they can tell that's how the ufc or mma trainer got caught is because there was a huge line movement and every like people regulate themselves they investigated and they linked they linked they linked it to that one trainer and now he's booted from mma so it's safer in hindsight to gamble on sports because there's so much already regulation than all this stuff with ftx people lost tons of money crypto yada 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 and that's why we need sports betting. No, and, and I think you're right. And I think the difference, too, is I, I think the one argument people will say against yours, though, Kool-Aid, is like when you go to the stock market, I can't put more in than I don't. Like, you know, if I don't have it, I can't put it in. Sports betting, I can go somewhere and keep putting things in even if I don't have it to try to cover. You take markers out, whatnot for it. And that's where you get in trouble. And I think well, that's what people were. only if you but, are but, rich. But the thought, but the, but the, the thought process of gam- sports gambling, sports betting is is the similar to the stock market is absolutely correct. The fundamentals of it. So I agree with you. If you if you're if I'm allowed to play the stock market, so to speak, I should be <laughs> able to play you know the ponies, so to speak. Will they have the ponies? They should have pony racing here. I think that'd be fun. I think that's separate, though. That's like a whole no, it's separate a, it's, licensing, it's, yeah, it's, right? Yeah, it's a whole separate license, yeah. but it's so... That's baby steps, Alan. But Let's get fun. our sports book here first. But it's fun. I've tried betting on the ponies, and I have never done No, well. you don't go there to win. You just... Because you're bet one bets at a time to, like... You, you, you do dollar bets that you can win a lot of money with. Don't, I mean, we've won. <laughs> but you go there because it, it's an event. It, that's a party. 
that you're gambling yeah, like on? like the Sony Open. You should go to the Sony. I don't know. You didn't invite me. So there. I invited you the other day and you said no. Anywho, we'll be out at the Sony later. But for Alamia, I'm Kule Ugbayani. It's been Wake Up in the Den. Bye. Home of the Dallas Cowboys, KGUAM, K236CR, Honolulu, is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760.